Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about our favorite topic, Arbor Jackeye. We are also going to recap that Minnesota Wild game. Wow, I'm doing just as well on this as the Canadians did against Minnesota. And then we're going to look ahead (laughs) to Buffalo. All that's coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 713 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day here. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're also on YouTube, and don't forget to hit that bell so you'll get all of our new content. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla, who has been bearing with me since the beginning of October and has so far not quit the podcast Scott, how are you doing today? Uh, well, I'm doing better than the Montreal Canadiens power play, which is an admittedly low bar to be crossing at this point in the season. Uh, but tonight's the first time this season I've been openly frustrated with the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, I get that we've talked a lot about how this season is. It's, it's not made to be a winning season. It's a rebuilding season. And tonight is one night where I think this was a game that we talked in the previous episode about how they could win that. uh, And that was to test Marc-Andre Fleury. And they did. And then they didn't for a little while. And it was just a very frustrating game where they had their opportunities. And Fleury, he of a five and a half goals against average, decided to dial back the clocks a couple years here and become prime Marc-Andre Fleury again in a 3-1 Canadians loss to the Wild. It's funny because that that first game, the first goal there that uh, Cole Caulfield scored and not to take anything away from Cole Caulfield. um, It was it was a gift from Marc-Andre Fleury. It was vintage MAF. And that unfortunately was not really uh, the way the rest of the night went on. And I think, you know, we are going to talk about the the game. Sorry, the power play a little bit later. We're going to talk about the game as a whole tonight. And I think one thing that we talked about in our previous episode when we were previewing this game was that the Canadians needed to capitalize on those opportunities against the Minnesota Wild. The opportunities were there for the taking, but it felt at times that the Canadians were giving the Wild more opportunities than they were uh, seizing. And that, to me, was very frustrating. There were a lot of turnovers. I was not happy to see that. And I think part of it is that they didn't necessarily play all that clean. They didn't play like tightened up. And I don't think that Martin St. Louis is going to let them get away with that uh, for too much longer. But I did think that this was a game that was extremely winnable. And I think Scott, um, you said very much to that effect as well. Yeah. Like I look at this game and it was a lot of little mental errors. There was a point where the defense seemed to drop down to block shots that were not coming in the wild. Just, kept skating around the zone here. And there were times that five on five looked like a Minnesota power play. And that's not what you want. If you're the Canadians, the officiating wasn't great. And when we get into the next segment, it wouldn't have made a difference with how bad the Canadians power play is right now. I, 
I think there was an opportunity for growth here. I think they do miss Juris Lefkowski in the lineup a little bit here. Admittedly, every the forward groups played pretty well. The only group that's struggling to generate a lot of pressure because I think they're drawing still a lot of the heavy matchups is Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and uh, Sean Monahan. I think they had their moments, but not enough sustained pressure. Uh, they needed to test Fleury more than they did because early on, every shot that Marc-Andre Fleury faced looked like an adventure, and they shouldn't have been. They were not difficult shots. They weren't high-danger chances, and he still, there were rebounds, and there were other things. It, it's an opportunity for Martin St. Louis to teach a little bit here, and that it's like, hey, this is what we were doing. We need to build on the first good efforts. We got into the zone. We cycled the puck well and created a scoring chance. We need to get someone going to the net for a rebound or someone's got to be there taking away the goalie's eyes. And it's going to be really interesting to see if they can do that because Buffalo is a high-flying team right now as well. They're vulnerable at the back, kind of like Minnesota was. The goaltending is not as good as it could be. Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie have both done a serviceable job, but the opportunities are there. But the Sabres, a lot like Minnesota, have the ability to grind down and win with their stars so I'm very interested to see what Martin St. Louis does at five on five here, because as I look at the numbers at five on five tonight, Canadians had more shot attempts. Uh, they won that battle uh, scoring chances for and against were about even high danger chances uh, for and against were even. They had slightly more expected goals. It's just sometimes the puck doesn't bounce your way. And the thing is don't let bad habits creep in now, you know, okay, this is what we were doing wrong. Let's fix that and go into Buffalo and take care of that next. Now, it's frustrating that they lost. They had, you know, more expected goals overall, but the expected goals for percentage was about even. But use it as a building thing. The Wild are a very well-built team. Yeah, they've struggled out of the gate, but they're still a very good team. And the Canadians, admittedly, after a very bumpy start, came to life a little bit as the game went on. I think that's really important for a young team that kind of bent, but didn't break fully in this game. Like we saw last year. Right. And that's the thing, like the score was three, one, but I didn't feel that same hopelessness that I would feel at the end of the games last year. It didn't feel like a spiral or anything like that. It just felt like they were, they were just not playing well. Right. And it's fine. I think, you know, it, it's not, it wasn't disastrous. It wasn't hopeless. It wasn't, a situation where they were playing in such a way that you thought that they could never get it together, right? They were just making those mistakes. They were giving the puck away too much. They weren't generating enough offense. Like you said, I, I mean, the Nick Suzuki line was getting caved in possession, right? Like, because they have those hard matchups. And I think once the Canadians kind of balance out that lineup a little bit more and give people more, uh, balance out the assignments, I think, uh, it's going to help out a lot. Uh, and there were some good people. There were some good plays. There were some players that, that, that did play well this game. But the one thing that did not happen was a power play that we wanted to see. And Scott is already, he has his head in his hands, but unfortunately I will make him talk about it in our next segment. But yes, I will. Scott, I'm sorry. You're going to have to, but first you get a quick break while I tell our lovely listeners about bet online. As you know, it is your number one source for betting football and for the start of the new basketball season. We're well into the hockey season. You can bet on hockey as well. And at betonline.net, you're going to find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, 
BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, NHL, boxing, golf, you name it, they've got it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And Scott, unfortunately, I will make you start talking about the power play. And I know you don't want to, but something that was extremely shocking to me, to say the least, was that it wasn't Alex Burroughs. Like there's an article in The Athletic about how practices, how who runs the power play on the practices. And it is Martin St. Louis himself. And that makes me really sad because this is the point where Martin St. Louis comes back down to earth. And it does feel a little bit like this is based on the article in The Athletic again. It does feel a little bit like he has the right philosophy and he's trying and it's the execution that isn't going very well. And I wonder, Scott, if it's an idea, if it's a moment where, you know, he's been really, really vocal on making his players be more creative and more uh like take more risks more more bold um that's something that we've liked about the canadians to date but i wonder if it's just a situation where it's not even a lack of execution but maybe the cohesion is missing maybe the chemistry is missing maybe you know we said that it's like it's not like they're not trying they're just trying the wrong thing so i'm wondering what your thought is on that my biggest thing is and this is not to slight and call out one person because the power play is a five man unit and, and overall it's, it's just not working. Chris Weidman tonight had a couple of moments at the point that they win a clean face off. Great. A great way to start the power play and Weidman fumbles it. It goes out of the zone and then they are stuck in this weird four checky trying to get into the zone hell. And then they end up having to take a penalty during it. It hasn't worked. I don't mind Chris Weidman as a power play option. I don't. I do not think he is the top power play option. And I know that once Mike Matheson is healthy, which Godspeed on that, it'll likely be his spot uh, on the top power play. But friend of the show, Mark Dumont pointed out, it's like you have someone like Jordan Harris, who has been very efficient at distributing the puck and is a safe option. He's not going to do the overly risky thing, but he's going to put himself in the best possible position it's time to just try something new. And if you want a bigger shot, I mean, screw it. Why not put Arbor Jack guy back there and see what he can do. You have then multiple shooting options. You have Suzuki on one side, you have Caulfield on the other, and you have Jack guy at whatever point of the umbrella they are playing or whatnot. You got to try something new at this point. And I think just trotting out the same thing again is just accepting defeat that, ah, well, maybe the puck will just go in this time. And sometimes you might get lucky. Sure. But overall, it is just not flowing the way that it needs to. We saw that 4v3 power play against the Penguins that they won in overtime. And there was a patience and a purpose to it. This one is, yeah, they can sling the puck around. And that's great. And they're moving it. No one is actually making attempts on the net except for Caulfield usually. Which is just rehashing the Shea Weber thing except 8 inches shorter and better at hitting the net with his shot right now. If you allow teams to key in on one thing, when you're passing it back and forth, they're not going to cheat towards Nick Suzuki or Chris Weidman or whomever. They're still going to just cheat towards Caulfield because they know the puck is eventually going there. 
And I know that they they like to try new things and they will try new things. They, it's just not working right now. And you, they were given opportunities in this game. They really were. And spoiling those opportunities is part of the reason they lost. A regular functioning power play at least probably has them score another goal, maybe two. And they I, just didn't get it tonight. I absolutely agree with you. Like, I just, I find, I don't feel hopeless about it. Like, I, this is the theme of this episode, right? I don't feel hopeless about the Habs. Because I do believe that Martin St. Louis is going to be able to figure this out, whether it's with Alex Burroughs or not. Um, and, and I don't mean that as in, like, Alex Burroughs is fired or anything like that. I just mean, you know there's going to be ideas that are that get thrown around. And one thing that I think Martin St. Louis has been really good at is reducing things to and simplifying things, right? Like, so you're going to take that five-man unit, you're going to break it down into two-people units and just kind of see, like, how people are working together and that kind of stuff. Like, that's the kind of nerdy stuff that I think, you know, Martin St. Louis is, like, it's right up his alley. Uh, and I, I, I think that they'll figure it out. It just concerns me that it's something where it doesn't matter when the team is different or the coach is different or whatever, it's still not figuring itself out. Like, I don't understand why over many iterations of the Canadians and many other, you know, like many different players, many different coaches, many different power play coaches. I don't understand why it's been since like, I feel like when Alex Kovalev was here, was the last time that I was happy with this power play. That's 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 definitely what it feels like. It has been a while. Like the last <laughs> time I think they had a top power play was I want to say the lockout shortened season under Michel Therrien when Subban won a Norris and Pacioretty was on pace what would have been 40 goals in a regular season, etc. It's it's not that they lack creative players cuz they have they have the Docs, they have the Monahans, they have Suzuki, they have Caulfield you know, they have maybe not Josh Anderson as much, but there are creative pieces and the chances are there. It's just sometimes there feels like a hesitation or one pass too many that teams are just sitting in their shell and they're not being tested there. There's nothing, you know, probing that defense in terms of shots. And that's a problem. If defenses are allowed to settle, you're, you're, you know, waves crashing into a rock. Eventually you might break it down, but that's going to take a while versus trying to shift and move here. And if you allow them to just kind of group and sit there, you're not going to get what you want out of this. And I, you know, I, I, it's early and yes, we are expecting the Canadians to be bad. Their power play has to operate better than this. I'm not asking for top 10. I'm asking for barely league average. And I think it makes a huge difference for the Canadians here. And also, maybe Jake Allen just kind of deserves better. He's back there getting shelled on opposing power plays, and the Habs sometimes can't even get a shot through on net because of how frustrating their setup is. It's it's just a banging your head against the wall kind of thing over again is that you see what they're trying and it's not working. At some point, someone's just got to go, you know what, we're calling it audible and doing something different and just figure it out from there. Fly by yeah. the seat of your pants and make it work. That's exactly it. It's like fly by the seat of your pants and make it work. And to be to be honest, like it's funny, but last year when somebody was going rogue and flying, you know, just making things up as they went along, that's when the, the puck was going in on the power play. So I do think that there is some value to that. Maybe they're just overthinking it. You know, maybe, maybe everybody's overthinking it. Maybe the coach is overthinking it. Maybe we're overthinking it. So what we're going to do is we're going to stop overthinking all of that. We're going to talk about who was good in this game. And we're going to look ahead to the game against the Buffalo Sabres. And all of that is coming up in just one 
moment. But first, I have to tell you all about Simply Safe because the numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 seven professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I love it. This is something that I do all the time is that I have that anxiety and I always scare myself into thinking that somebody's trying to break into my house, whether I watch too many scary movies, whether I love detective shows, whether you know I just watch too many of those gruesome murder shows, I'm always terrified. But with Simply Safe, they know what's a real threat and what isn't. So not only do I feel protected against real threats, I also know that I don't have to wake up the entire house freaking out that there's an actual threat out there because Simply Safe does that homework for you and it absolutely has your back. So I'm gonna tell you that you should join me and customize the perfect system for your own home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, my friend, it is time to say some nice things. Uh, well, uh, if we want to get into it, and this is going to be fancy stat nerd time, if you want to look things up, we highly recommend Natural Stat Trick for everything. It allows you to get your basic counting stats under there. It allows you to see power play stats, heat maps. Uh, if you ever see one of those little squiggly line graphs that we will occasionally post when the Habs are playing well and losing 5 nothing because the NHL is a completely ridiculous world, Natural Statric has all that covered. We use them so much because it's very easy to find what I am looking for in there. This is not an ad. We just love them dearly. <laughs> um, there we was, do. Uh, we do. Like straight up, them and Cap Friendly help run the backbone of the show when we have to look up information. And we're not even kidding. They are um, our Nick Suzuki and our Cole Caulfield. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely that. Uh, looking at this game tonight, Arbor Jack guy struggled very badly in the first period and everyone saw it. He was, he is not, he was not having a very strong start to things and he managed to turn that around. And in terms of defensemen, he was their leader in, you know, shot share, uh, just under 68%, uh, actually tied with Jonathan Kovacevic. He played well bouncing back after a very rough start. And he's not the only defenseman either. Uh, out of everyone, like Jordan Harris and Jonathan Kovacevic have been very, very good. And just so I'm not being unfair, David Savard had a very strong game for what he does. He blocked a lot of key shots. His lead pass is what set up Mike Hoffman's penalty shot. They got heavily outchanced, but I think David Savard played exactly the kind of game that you expect him to. And that's to block a ton of shots and clear the zone. That's it. I'm not anticipating much more from that. But the young defenseman really bounced back from a rough start. I was really impressed by Arbor Jack guy and Jonathan Kovacevic and Jordan Harris tonight. And we haven't mentioned Caden Gooley. He didn't have a strong game. It's and that happens. It's not the end of the world. Kay, please don't yell at us. You, you know this to be true. I'm really impressed with the way this young defense core is 
showing composure, even when things aren't going their way so far. And that's valuable experience. It makes choices a lot harder when everyone gets healthy here in a couple of weeks. I think that's it. It's like, you know, as you kept talking, I was like, what about the defensemen that are coming back? And it's not just on your mind. You know, our commenters sometimes talk about, you know, like when Edmonton's back or this makes them expendable or this, you know. So I do think that there's a lot um, in the Habs defense, which I thought is interesting in, in that we thought that the defense was going to be a huge question mark. And I'm not ready to call it an answer just yet. But I do think that they have played much better than we expected, both on an individual level and as a whole. That was something that I'm very, very pleasantly surprised by because I, I just thought it was going to be the same black hole that it often is. It was going to be, you know, hectic and chaotic. And it's not. It feels steady and it feels well thought out and measured. I'm not about to sit here and tell you that we've got, you know, like Kale McCarr paired with Victor Hedman or something like that. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I think that, you know, we thought it was going to be an abject disaster and it's not. And I think, you know, I would call it sound. I would not say that it's, you know, top tier or anything like that. But as a whole, I would call it sound defense. I think they're doing things right. And I think the personnel is, again, quietly doing things right. You know, I want to bring up Caden Gooley. But you know what? I'm going to refrain this time because I have a lot of praise for Jordan Harris, as always. Um, and also for Scott, I'm going to pronounce this very badly, Kovacevic. Kovacevic. I've heard Kovacevic. I've heard Kovacevic. Um, I, I said Kovacevic at first, but I think it's Kovacevic. I yes. think that's uh, what I've if, been calling him. If someone actually ha- can, you know, correct Confirm. us on that nicely, uh, let me know. I thought it was Kovacevic because that's what I've been hearing on the broadcast. Even broadcast, broad Surprise! Subscribe to Broadcast. We love them too. Um, <laughs> we do. They're awesome. Uh, I. They are not an answer yet, but they are making the solution that much more appealing. Yeah, Joel Edmondson's not here, but they're still doing well enough treading water. They're not. This was never a defensive group that was going to produce a ton of points. It never has been. It hasn't since PK and Markov were here. Yeah, we had Jeff Petrie and he's gone. Now Mike Matheson is in that role. There is no one else filling in that big point producer there. Gooley will get some points. Weidman is kind of a secondary option here. We need to reassess kind of what the Canadians defensive core is going to look like. And I think they're going to be a lot more about uh, stopping entries to the zone and getting the puck out. There's going to be secondary assists. There's going to be some goals, but they're not going to be Cal McCarr. They're not going to be Adam Fox. They're not going to be those type of players because they currently aren't at that level yet. Simply as that. They haven't drafted one of those talents or developed one quite yet. They have a lot of very talented players in their own things that they do, and that's okay. And like I said, the game against Buffalo is going to be interesting. They've got a lot of young talent that likes to play run-and-gun, fun-style hockey. uh, And uh, not Don Granato, Tony Granato. Don Granado? I think it's Don Granado. Uh, if I'm wrong, uh, if you're a Sabres fan, listen to this, the, please the tell Sabres, me. Yeah, it is. It's Don. Okay. They, they, you're very was... tired, folks. We're, yes. Like, listen, every time we make a mistake, people like jump on a why do you have a podcast? You make mistakes. We make mistakes because we're tired. We're very tired. Frequently very, very tired. And, <laughs> and that's the thing is, it's Rasmus Dalin is currently on pay, is continuing to set an NHL record for, uh, you know, goals scored by a defenseman in to start a season. 
And it's incredibly – he's so good. Owen Powers right there. And then they have that offense. Alex Tuck's very good. J.J. Paterka, all these guys. It's going to be a very interesting game. It's two young teams finding their way. Buffalo is a little bit further ahead in this, and they should be. They've been doing this for 12 years now. They were a little bit further ahead in this. But you see the plan now for that. And the Canadians should be trying to follow in that footstep here a little bit because – it's working right now. Yeah, they're not there yet, but they're on their way there. They're a lot closer than Montreal is right now. It's going to be a very interesting game to see if the Canadians can bounce back after a game where they played well against a strong team that, that always, regardless of how good either team is, gives them fits. Always, always, always does. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I do think, though, that we're past the era of really boring Buffalo Sabres beating the Montreal Canadiens. And a little bit more exciting Buffalo Sabres beating the Montreal Canadiens. Um, we know that those games were not were not games that I'd look forward to, to be honest. It's been years since the last time I looked like like it was very like in French, we call it plat. That's exactly what that those games were all about. Um, I, I'm hoping this one will be a little bit less plat, a little bit more fun for us to watch. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's going to, like like Scott said, it's going to teach us a lot about the direction that Canadians are going in. And we will obviously keep an eye on that game. We're going to report or recap or analyze every single thing going on over the course of this long season. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And if you're subscribed on YouTube, please hit that bell there uh, to make sure that you get all the notifications whenever we post something. And you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. You'll find my co-host at Scott Matla. Send us emails at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. We, we love pictures of your dogs and Habs gear or not, of stories about them. We love stories about how you became Canadians fans. We love all kinds of mail. We've got a mailbag. We, we literally just got a mailbag question just now before we started recording. So please, please, please send us emails at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments. But if you're mean to anybody, including us, uh, we are going to delete your comment and not ask your question. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.